Hello and welcome, and this is the Hustle Over Everything podcast. I am your host, Ono Sinde, and uh, you know, every day when we're in the studio, it's always a special day. And today, I'm extremely excited, uh, grateful, and just really happy to be talking to the man in front of me. Uh, I've been following him for six years, ever since he started in music, and it's, uh, it's just crazy how the world comes together and I can sit in front of him and talk to him about his craft and how he got started. So the man in front of me is Del Hartley, recording artist, amazing voice, amazing man. And yeah, I can keep going, but I'm a big fan, man. You can, you can hear me fanning out right now. <laughs> But yeah, Del, bro, welcome to the podcast, bro. How you doing? For first of all, man, you being you being far too kind, but I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, sounds good, man, and it's great to have you here, man. It's just like at the time I didn't have a podcast, you know, like I was, you know, like when you see people who are doing great things, you're like, man, hopefully one day I can, you know, know them or something like that. And the reason I'm a fan of you is because I know how hard you work, mm. and I'm a hard worker, and when you see someone who understands the grind and the process, it's like you, you have a respect for them. So I think that's where like, it's like I'm a fan of your music and I respect all of, uh, how hard you work. So yeah, man, how are you doing today, bro? I appreciate that, man. I'm good, man. Honestly, like I, I woke up today, so that's half the battle. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm blessed for that. Yeah. Another day to chase it. So um, yeah, how about yourself, man? How are you doing? Man, you know me, like just the daily grind, um, <laughs> building hustle over everything. Put not, your hours in, right? Putting my hours in, bro. <laughs> I'm putting in hours for my craft and just trying to see where this goes. I know where it can go, and I'm just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and see where it goes. If it doesn't go anywhere, I love doing this, and I love talking to people like you, creating a platform. But just the daily grind, the work, you know, working for, you know, Google, and uh, just doing this, man. That's my life, bro. So, yeah. You must be happy, man. It's a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing being around, like, a great company. And I think everything that I'm doing there, I'm putting it back into my own business and mm. the things I'm learning from Google AdWords and like Google management and the executives and, you know, just the people who I'm around with every day. They're like important people. So I'm, I'm, I've placed myself in a position to soak up knowledge and translate it into things that I do every single day. Amen. That's a key right there, man. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Man. <laughs> it's such a key, man. And during our young years, it's like we need to invest in knowledge and like learning and once you learn a lot, you can actually build like the career that you want over time, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So enough about that, man. The main man in the building is you, and we're here to talk about you <laughs> and how you got started. So give a little rundown um, of who you are and uh, what you do. Uh, my name is Del Hartley. I'm an R&B soul artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just an artist. I don't like to put myself in a box. I uh, I'm just passionate. I love to make honest. Uh, you know, I like to make honest music. I love to make, uh, uh, you know, music that people can vibe to. Yeah. Um, something that inspires people, something that moves people, something that's powerful. Um, and yeah, I just want to move one person. I just want to move, try to move a person one song at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure, man. And um, let's take it back to the beginning, right? You know, you grew up in Ottawa. Um, you know, what kind of things were you into when you were growing up? Hey, shout out to Ottawa. I was a huge uh, Michael Jackson fan. Yeah. Um, I tell the story all the time. The um, when I was younger, 
um, on Saturdays, you know, you know, as a young black parents, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. clean the house on the weekends, exactly right? cleaning <laughs> up in the morning. It's like you you wake up and you hear gospel music. It's right. like you know what that means, you right. know. So so yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm one Saturday as I'm I'm doing my I'm putting my hours in. Mm-hmm. Um, I come across this VHS tape and I, I put it in like the VCR and mm-hmm. it's it's Michael Jackson like live in Bucharest and like it's the first time I've like seeing like Michael Jackson and I'm just like I put it in and start watching it and it's like the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life you can't mm-hmm. take my eyes off of it it's just so captivating and it was just right there that I you know I was just like damn like like wow like this, I need to this guy is something. Do something yeah right? you know yeah. you see something so captivating and it's just like you you respect it and it's mm-hmm. you, you it just kind of makes you delve in the rabbit hole of what what other things are kind of similar to that mm-hmm. so from Michael Jackson you know going to some Prince and then uh, some like Teddy Pendergrass and some like Al Green and you know going to some like old Motown and just just building from there man like and also another thing too like I feel as if just depending on where you live, I feel as if a lot of music or a lot of things come later, mm-hmm. depending on what cities that you're in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I feel as if like a lot of music, or at least a lot of like the the '90s R&B and hip hop that was like popping at the time came mm-hmm. to like Ottawa so late. Yeah. And but as it came, like the you know the the, the TLC and the you know the Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. and like my dad was also a DJ. He he would also play at like our you know all of our family friend parties mm-hmm. and all the African functions. And, exactly. And um, just taking in, just soaking all the music in, man. And at what age did you start? Like you know when you, your parents played music all along, but when did it first hit you that wow, I really like this? Not you can say you like music, but when is it when you're like wow, like I am into this thing so much <laughs> i would say it's pro- uh, probably after the very very the very first performance i did mm-hmm. um i tell this story a lot too no? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um the um very first performance i did i sang at a high school assembly and um i sang ushers you remind me mm. and um I, very first time i sang on stage i was terrified i had a little band that was accompanying me and um the when I was getting ready to perform, the very first verse of the song, the microphone didn't work. Yeah. So as I'm like singing the words that I'm like, I know, I remember the words, I know the yeah, words, yeah, nobody's yeah. hearing anything. Yeah. So it looks, you know, it's not translating. It's not connecting. Right? It's not connecting. Yeah. And yeah, then as yeah. soon as the mic came on, it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I, I didn't suck. Mm-hmm. And then um, after the performance, I got an applause and it's, it was just right then and there. I was just like, all right, you know what? This is, this feeling is, you know, I'm, this is cool. This is what I need this to do. This is what you need to be doing. And when you were growing up, were you singing a lot of, like around your house, around for like let's say those family functions? What you know, was your dad bringing a yo, you know, Mel, come here, Arthur, come here, like <laughs> sing for us and like, show my son, you know, like let me see what he can do. Like show like were they showing you out? Were people telling you, you know, you got this? I, I was shy, so actually quite the opposite. I was a in the closet singer, man. I would mm. I didn't tell anybody I sang. For, at like, all, at all, you like family members, family knowing. members, yeah, like maybe like my my little brother, and my little sister, like knew because like mm. you know I'm singing in the shower and I'm just taking forever in the shower, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it that's that's it. They they knew about it like super super late, especially mm-hmm. why when I decided to make it a career out of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, did they say, man, you got a good voice? No commentary on. Even just some inkling of like talent they can see in there. Actually, I'm putting my mom on blast. I love you, mom. But I remember, I remember actually wanting to try for like Canadian Idol. My mom's just like, you know, you know, African parents. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yo, you should go to school. Like, you can't sing. You can't go to sing. school. They want the safe route. Right, they want the what's route. the best thing for you. Yeah. So it, it, I, I got one of those, but she's she's one of the she's one of the biggest fans. So mm, okay, sounds good, man. So high school, you do the whole usher thing on stage. How did everything translate into, all right, I am, what are the first things you did to really make it? Like, did you go through high school just working on music? 
Like instruments, I don't know. It was it was probably after high school. So mm-hmm. after high school, at seventeen, I, I moved to Toronto, mm-hmm. and um, I, I went to school. Um, I was in. I went to Sheridan. Shout out to Sheridan. Really good school. Really mm-hmm. good faculty. Really yeah. good. You know. Of course, man. Right. I gotta shout out the alumni, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, but uh, moving out here and just uh, it was just like all right, cool. I, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, all right, now that I'm out here, all right, now I need to figure out how am I going to learn. How am I going to learn the you know studio etiquette? How am I going to mm-hmm. build these connections? How am I going to meet producers? How am I going to meet you know? How am I going to get a band? Because I'm moving to a new city. I don't know anybody. I I may have like a couple like high school friends uh, you know dispersed throughout. But mm-hmm. if but you know they're they probably in the same boat as I am. They don't really know anybody too. So how can yeah. I grow my network? How can I how can I do that? And I felt you know going to school or post secondary was like the 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 best thing for that. Mm-hmm. You know, contrary to the the high the high tuition, what you're really paying for mm-hmm. is to be in you know that melting pot with a bunch of other people that are from all around the world, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What did you like decide to come study at Sheridan? At first, I took um I took performing arts. Mm-hmm. I took performing arts to kind of develop my voice because like when I was when I kind of found my voice and was doing when I kind of found my voice in high school, I. Like I didn't really, I didn't really want, I didn't take singing lessons or anything. I didn't really know what to do. So like I, I was like, all right, let me, you know, you don't really know what you want to do after high school. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, all right, I know I want to do music, but there's no close music course. It's kind of like the closest performance thing. It's kind of like a drama, I guess like a, it was kind of a preparatory course for like a musical theater actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I took that course. It was like a one, one year course kind of prepped course. And then from there, I was just like, all right, I wanted to be behind the camera. So mm-hmm. I went to I went to school for media arts and uh, got a background in film now. And uh, now I know how to produce content. You know, yeah, man, I saw yeah. your first ever video, like, uh, I'm coming. You produced that your whole... Yeah, so like, co- co-produced that with two of my other good friends, Dan mm-hmm. Wood and a Rep Mob Body. Mm-hmm. Um, dope dudes, and we, put, we make a lot of content together, man. Yeah. yeah. What was the vision behind that? Uh, so you finished... How long was the program for the media arts program? Um, the media arts is three years. Three years. Yeah. So you did the whole media arts program, completed it. Um, at that point, did you know, like, I'm going to do this music thing all in? Like, what were your options? What were you looking at at the time? Nah, because it was just like, all right, well, once you, I, w- I was lucky to get a, get a gig at the, at, at my college mm-hmm. uh, because of one of the, uh, the head technologists there just kind of doing some extra work, um, you know, after class and just kind of yeah. volunteering my time. So after, after, you know, my stint at Sheridan, and I ended up getting, I ended up getting hired by there doing some part-time work. Um, a lot of what, um, what I'm doing now, just yeah. kind of working my way up mm-hmm. and just, oh, damn. I didn't think I said I was going to mention that, <laughs> 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 but uh, it's it's uh, it, it, it it's whatever. Yeah, um, it, it, bro, this is the hustle over everything. It is totally the hustle. Like over everything. you know, this There's, is this is this is the this is Del Hartley, man. Yeah, yeah honestly, Del, I, I'll be I'll be I'll be frank, man. It's like you you have to you have to be resourceful. Yeah, if you want to build consistency, you have to be resourceful. So mm-hmm. like I you know get I ended up getting a gig at my at my college and university and. You know what comes with that comes with access comes with studios comes with a lot of the faculty that mix a lot mm. of cool records that have a lot of cool accolades that have Grammys that yeah <laughs> so it's kind of you know getting to pick the brains of those individuals yeah. and getting into the rooms of you know individuals that are that know more so you can you know be a sponge and exactly. <laughs> be a sponge in the room man. exactly man. that's why even I'm here man like a lot of uh you know hustle over everything nation you know I record at Ryerson and a lot of you know me I went here I'm still abusing the resources I'm still here for free. Uh, you know, it's better than going to a studio. Like we were mentioning that earlier. I'm like, I get in here for free. I still have my Ryerson login. So until Ryerson 
takes that away from me, I'm always gonna keep coming up in here. And I say, be careful before your podcast gets too big. And then, you know. <laughs> Yo, by the time I'm big, man, like, I'll be already having like my own studio and everything. So, but yeah, man, like, so you finish up a Humber. What's next for you? Just working, man. Just working, working. and making music. M- making music. Uh, making music. Trying to do shows. Trying mm-hmm. to build teams. Trying to figure out, um, you know, meet uh, meet producers, meet engineers, mm-hmm. um, and really just kind of experiment and find your sound because you don't really know what uh, you don't really know what your sound is unless you try stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to go and get your feet wet and try things and fail mm-hmm. and try things and you know fail again and try things and you know adjust and and. Usually when I say fail, it's not like there's there's ever no fail. Yeah. If you do something, you always you, if you're learning something, it's not from a fail, mm-hmm. but it's 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 always going. It's always just trying to to grow from the experience and always developing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. And talk about like you know building that brand of Del Hartley, right? You know you got your name Del Hartley. Finish out uh, Sheridan. Talking about a lot about failure and trying and how long like what were you doing? Were you making a lot of different songs and trying to get to that point where, okay, this is it. This is what I'm doing. And then building up that promo for those videos you were doing and, uh, you know, building your catalog of music. Did you have a catalog of music already just behind the scenes even before you were Del Hartley? No. No, not no, at all, because eh? it's just like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do music. I don't know. I have zero information about how mm-hmm. the industry works. Mm-hmm. I don't have any resources. I just know I want to do this and mm-hmm. I just need to start building from there. Mm-hmm. So like I, I would say like I before I found before like I actually started doing profession doing mm-hmm. all, or before I started doing all this professionally. Yeah. I like I, actually I would say I've been doing this professionally for 4 or 5 years. Mm-hmm. 4 or 5 years. So like I've been I've moved down here this is my 10th year here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the, for the first five was really just like more research, develop, yeah, you know, try try out the market, try what different shows, try what different sounds sound like, and mm-hmm. then it's all right, cool. I have an idea of what I want to go, and then I can always tweak as I go, mm-hmm. and then just put things out and start doing shows and start you know actually doing your putting your name out there and start doing things to get press, do sh- doing showcases, doing charity shows, start applying for grants, start applying mm-hmm. for you know for festivals, etc. So, yeah, man, like and I'm thinking about you being in that position because it just seems like you were doing your whole thing in school and then after school is just you're not full-fledged what i want to understand is just like that i'm trying to bridge things together Mm. from becoming a skilled person in uh, things you do because i can listen to you right now and it seems like you've been learning about let's say production learning about music and all these different things so that's one part of like the story i want to see it's behind the scenes like were you practicing, um, you know, like that? It's a lot of it because I can see you mm-hmm. right now. It can, you look very polished in the things you put out. But those behind the curtain things, like how many hours were you spending a day <laughs> mixing, right? How many days were you uh, in, like, saying no to friends to hang out and, you know, dedicating your your thing to it? Like, how was that like, like that, that emotional side of it, like where – you you know you might be doubting you might be thinking man is this really it like you know and you're hitting a lot of walls and walls again how was that like for you and uh, what during what years were you going through this period of like learning and looking at the game and picking things from different places well just at the beginning because you know 
your 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 first release everybody is under the impression that oh you know you the way that it's supposed to work you put a single out mm -hmm. it goes viral mm -hmm. and then you know boom success but that's not that's not how it works and it's not even remotely close so it's just learning how things actually work and then really just getting the information on how to uh, to, to be consistent, to, you mm -hmm. know, to captivate an audience, to actually go out and do shows because that's how artists actually get paid and actually mm -hmm. finding the true avenues how artists can actually get paid because mm -hmm. you know, the, the model has been shifting. And even as within like my, my five years of doing this professionally, like the, it's, the entire industry has shift, shifted and it's still kind of shifting. It mm -hmm. still hasn't really settled. But um, being an independent artist, it's you know it's a perfect time for it right now. Yeah. So like it's just seeing seeing other people come and go, and other people who've come and still stayed, and then still doing things and making your own strides. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, yeah, it does take a lot of talent and a lot of hours and a lot of you know, like you said, a saying no to friends, missing out on social events, you know, not go missing Christmases, not going home for Thanksgivings, mm -hmm. and you know, it being a real loner and spending a lot of time with yourself to. To, to really develop and you know take yourself to the next level, right? Mm -hmm. Were you always um, an ambitious, hardworking person? Like before music came, mm -hmm. were you like a big dreamer? Did you see big things for yourself like growing up and uh, around your family? How, how did you visualize yourself before music and how did you visualize your life coming about? Um, yeah, I've always been like a, like a go-getter and a hustler, man. Like in high school, like I was like, I was the one that had like two jobs in like high school and just so you know my parents didn't pay for anything my parents like my my parents are from like west africa and like mm -hmm. liberia and like they immigrated here when that civil war was going on like mm -hmm. the mid-80s so just kind of uh just knowing where my parents come from and knowing what could have been and just the opportunity that i have here in canada mm -hmm. it's like i you know i'm here i'm healthy i can do this i i am blessed enough to know what what actually you know, makes me what what sparks my fire and mm -hmm. makes me kind of go. I need to go with that. I need to go out and do that to the best of my ability. Keep a keep um uh, developing that so you know other individuals can see that and hopefully it inspires them to kind of chase what mm -hmm. you know sparks the fire in them. Man, you know. Yeah, man, and I totally relate to where you're coming from. And bro, honestly, like every single day, I wake up and I legit I look up in the ceiling, and I can see the sun coming through. And I'm sitting there. My bed is warm. It's toasty. I look around my room and I'm like, damn, I'm blessed, you know? And it's, I feel like you feel the same way. It's you don't take a day for granted because you know what, you've seen how family members live. You've Bro. seen how your parents, brothers, sisters, relatives who might not be in this situation or they are in right now. Mm. And you feel it's your duty to make something out of yourself, right? And I wake up and I'm like, thank God I live in Canada. You know, thank God I can wait. I can have a podcast. Thank God I can execute on this idea. I have a good government. I can go find a job. So we have a decent government. Yeah, but compared, but compared to yes, it could be thing, a whole lot be, worse. It could be a whole lot worse, man. Do you find that that drives you even harder to really take yourself to the next level? I would say that it, it kind of keeps me grounded because mm. I find like a lot of a lot of people in society today is just like it's a lot of their issues are first world issues mm. and it's you, you don't know. And like even with a lot of, you know, a lot of the immigrants that immigrate here, like they they understand mm -hmm. <laughs> they understand that same that, that same blessing. But I, I don't take it for granted. And it's. You know, the, I, I live my life, all the things that I go through through life, I, it all gets recycled through the music. So, mm -hmm. yeah, man. And when you were coming up and making that first track that you did, 
what track was that that you released to everybody? What was your first ever serious track that you put out? What was the name of it? Very first serious track I put out was Seduce. Seduce. Yeah. Yeah, man, I know that track. Like, that, that's that's a hit. Bro. Hey, that's a hit. man. Yeah. No, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, it was it was great, man. Like um, putting that project out, it really sh- it really showed me how to. Uh, how to how to run a campaign and mm-hmm. really how to stretch your content because with one song like how long can you can you keep can you engage other viewers and do other things off of that one thing and mm-hmm. there's so many different avenues and so mm-hmm. many other creative things that you can do so um, yeah just a lot of it's pretty much from that yeah. <laughs> how did you write that song bro like how what, did I write that song yeah what 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 ticked off in your head you're like Rod like I really want to write this a new song like. <laughs> you know what it's, it's funny well everybody's process is different so yeah. like for me I love to start with the music so it's mm-hmm. either I get a beat from a producer or if I'm playing something myself I mm-hmm. compose as well and then you know it's the, the music because obviously music it's it, it's a language right mm-hmm. so you, you feel something if you hear something it's minor it's uh, you know it's minor it's sad if it's major it's upbeat mm-hmm. you know it gives you some, makes you feel some type of way and then from that kind of bounce it, you, you start you start uh, kind of like sit, uh, you know spin some melodies and the yeah. melodies one you know a word or two will pop out and then you know the song kind of writes itself and then if you're you know a lot of the time if I'm just writing just to write whatever comes out as, a, as an exercise I'll just do that just vibe up to whatever whatever comes mm-hmm. comes and then you can always revise and refine it yeah. If you have some songs in mind, if you're if, if you're working with uh, different you know different individuals, different writers, different poets, mm-hmm. you know they got things you can easily compose things and make it work. But yeah, this, so this it's it's kind of like you have a it's kind of like that Jay Z style. You know, he gets in the studio, he just goes from the top and he just spits <laughs> out. Like I heard, I don't know, but all the stories, all my Jay Z fans, they always tell me they come in. He doesn't even have he doesn't even write anything. It's just he hears the beat and then he says. You know, he kind of re- says the word again, and then he starts like rhyming and rhyming and rhyming, <laughs> and then he goes back again. So, do you feel like, do you feel like you are a talented writer, or is it something that you work on every single day to develop good music? Is it something like writing music? Does it is it something that just naturally comes to you, or is it something that you work on? Like you write different things every single day, and then whenever your, a beat comes to you, you can actually piece it together and create music. I would say, like, I, I have a natural ear for it, mm-hmm. but uh, for, for things to, for ideas to come and uh, good ideas, to, well, for good ideas to get finished, mm-hmm. like, that comes with practice. Because mm. it's one thing to hear something or to, you know, to kind of have a vision, but to see everything full, that takes time and that takes a lot of, you know, a lot of repetition. So, yeah, it's just definitely a lot of repetition. Yeah. Repetition and just working and working on things and finishing up things and going back and changing some things and you know like I'm a, I, I'm a perfectionist a lot of artists we're all perfectionists mm-hmm. but it's like I've been trying to get into the habit of like quitting projects so mm-hmm. it's like it gets to a point where it's like all right you know what it's, it's here I quit this it's done you put it out you put it out see how the world reacts exactly don't even think about it it, it is what it is mm-hmm. some people are going to like it some people are not going to like it and that's really just the reality of music or any kind of art it's all subjective you mm-hmm. know you're not going to please everybody and yeah. you shouldn't really strive for that so okay. And going back to Seduce, first campaign ever. First campaign. First campaign ever. First music video yeah. ever. Um, how you coming in with no knowledge of how to do things as a coming in the game, like this is your, your first run at it. Who was around you to really help you with it? Did you piece out? Did you get people from different things to help you with the vision? Or did you already have a vision of like how the video is going to go, uh, how to really pull different people together to really get it going 
and then releasing it and how is a music campaign when you release a single how do you really stretch out that campaign and what are some of the things that you do that we can see the end product as a consumer but what is it that goes into it that really makes it come out the way it does come mm-hmm. out um i learned all that stuff from from school actually mm-hmm. from production like i um having a film background I, I used to produce a lot so like i know how to pretty much orchestrate and make all that stuff work behind a production mm-hmm. so essentially we just got a we got a director on board mm-hmm. i um, we pretty much i co-produced i co-produced the uh the, the production mm-hmm. and just from like the writing room we're just like all right this is how the song feels this is what we want to do this is, what we, this is how we want to map it mm-hmm. we're going to cast for it um you know we're going to pay our actress we're going to you know, get our locations, lock it down, and then shoot all the stuff. And because like I have a background of that, and I do have peers that you know that volunteered their time. You know, like a lab project didn't, wasn't as expensive as it should have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that's that's one tip for anybody who's you know or anybody's trying to do anything. You know, to be resourceful. And if there's any peers that you know that that are that are interested in helping you, that you know that are interested in helping you, they'll they'll help you if they believe yeah. in the project so yeah for sure and you must have like a, a lot of friends who believe in you because they see the hard work that you put oh, in I, I am beyond blessed to have like a, a lot of supporters to believe mm-hmm. in my vision the people that I can pick their brains people that I can I can get to you know just to kind of help in any, any aspect man I'm, I'm beyond blessed for that yeah it's a blessing yeah, I remember even like doing a lot of the startup projects I have I feel like when people see you putting it you're all into it it's like they feel attracted to the whole cause and they're like, you know what? I really love the vision. I really like the energy you have behind the vision, and I'm willing to follow you. So I just think people are attracted to people who know where they're going, Yeah, essentially, right? It's like you follow people who have, like, a cause that seems noble and, like, it seems, like, worthy that to follow. So I think it's a blessing. What I want to ask you is, like, the cost behind being an artist. This is one of the things that I've always been curious to know about. Coming up as an artist, grinding it out, um, being independent. Mm. There's a lot of things that come into it, like for shows, producing, uh, putting content out and getting those necessary things together. For all the artists who are out there or you know, people who observe these artists, you're in this industry. How does it work essentially when you're an independent artist and you want to do these things? Like, Where does the funding come from? Uh, what are the things that artists do? You can speak for yourself for this mm. one to really get things going because it, it is it does require a lot of money. How do you navigate that process of especially if you're not signed to like a label who can, you know, give you the Well even even with that, like it's you know, you can go to there there are many there are different there are many different avenues you can or there there are different approaches you can take on uh, you know, getting funding. You know, you can uh, you can apply for grants, um, you can get investors because at the end of the deal, at the at the end of the day, a record deal essentially is a loan. Mm-hmm. It's a loan that you're getting from the label. They take a lot of the, you know, a lot of the percentages, and they, you know, you produce stuff for them, but then they own it. But then you have to pay them back for a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, depending on which uh, which label it is, you know, a lot of the the money that they're paying to get their stuff done is going back to people that work for them. So it's mm-hmm. all in house, and it comes back. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a circle. <laughs> so it's like, it's legit. You're running like a business in a sense. It's well, like exactly. So like it's you, you got. But yeah, as a, as an independent artist, you're responsible for everything you are you are responsible for every single thing um transportation for you know transportation for yourself to go to shows if you're bringing a band transportation for the you know if you're if you're traveling transportation for the band you got to pay the band for the for the gig um just depending on what the situation for um like your your band is like you know sometimes you have to pay for the rehearsal Mm -hmm. um when you're going to the studio you got to 
um, just depending on what the situation is with your uh, um, with your producer and like the splits. Sometimes you got to pay for you got to you got to pay for a beat. You got to pay mm-hmm. the licensing fee. You got to pay yeah. for the exclusive rights. You got to pay for the mixing. You got to pay wow. for the mastering. And then when you think about it, it's like sometimes it costs like on the cheap cheap end. It can cost like what maybe like nine hundred to like nine hundred to like a thousand for like a track that someone's gonna listen to for. <laughs> Not three long, minutes or something long, like that. Yeah, we're gonna stream for free. So yeah, when you think about how much how much money goes into making one song mm-hmm. and how, how I guess how fast the consumer consumes it, mm-hmm. it's 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 crazy. So it's like it's really well. That's where the internet's you know come in, and it's it's good for us artists to you know to make content to engage to to engage our listeners and our viewers. You know. Yeah, man. And um, how like you know where do you get the funding to uh, to really I, I work, man. I work. I got side hustles, man. Any money that comes from shows, it goes back into it goes back into my pocket. I apply for grants, and mm-hmm. whatever grant funding I get, it goes into that. But it's mainly just show stuff, yeah. show stuff, my own personal stuff, and you know, I, I I have different relationships, and I barter with a lot of individuals. And don't be afraid to you know to use your connections to to barter. Everybody's got mm-hmm. ki- everybody's got useful skills that they can you, know, you can trade your time to get another service. Mm-hmm. And like it's one thing to you know to have money, but you know that's not the only way to that's not the only re- resource because at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, money is only a tool, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> so essentially, like when you get the money, like even if you were to get a grant or an investor, they're investing into Del Hartley, the brand. Like, do you consider yourself a brand or a company? Because you're an artist, but I'm I'm an artist, yeah. but I would say like I I would have because I'm independent. Like I, I run a production company mm-hmm. and I kind of like sign myself to myself such situations. Yeah. So, um, whenever you know, I invoice the production company invoices for the services. Mm-hmm. Um, Del Hartley, and then yeah. you, know, you pick up a check, and then yeah, that's, that's how it, it works. You, eh? that, you collect your tax, you pay your tax, you pay the tax man off, and then you know, you, yeah, you, you get your your shit right <laughs> for sure, man. And think like looking at the finances of becoming an artist. Right now, you've said it's totally different than it is way before, right? Because you're independent. Um, for me, I look at things as a business, and I can see music and as an independent artist, like you're a business. You have your revenue streams, which can come from streams once you're streaming in the millions. Um, you have your shows, you have your merch. Um, those are like revenue streams, and then you are the brand. You are the product. Like yeah. your music is the product. Right now, you know you've invested a lot. Talk about ROI of getting that investment back into your. It's a long term play because you're building. Of course. Of course, yeah. Any anything in this game is long term, and if anybody's talking to investors, you know that's when it comes to music. That's what it is. It mm-hmm. is it, it is long term. There's no short. If you're in this to for a short term game, you know you're about to be you're about to be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, it's like it's you just gotta. At the end of the day, like I'm not doing this to make money. Like with the money that I spend and I invest in this, it's like it's 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 a drive to you know to get well to get more. To get more stuff out to, to share it with people to you know to touch people to to you know to touch an individual man mm-hmm. like to change people's lives one you know one song at a time really that's really yeah. what it is man yeah yeah and yeah. It, when it like when it comes back and I keep saying when because you just got to, if, as long as you're consistent something will catch and if you're consistent if you're consistently putting stuff out all it takes is for one person to see something and then they're gonna go back and look at everything else that you've done up mm-hmm. to this point and then you know if they're not a if they're not a follower you know they'll they'll be a fan and if they're not a fan you know. The, the hopefully they'll become family and then on top of that you know they'll be at every show and they'll, yeah. they'll be supporting you and it's good because even like as of right now like I was at a point where 
I was anytime I had to anytime I was doing a performance with a band, like I always ended up having to pay from my pocket. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's like the gigs didn't pay for that, but it's like yeah, I knew that if I performed with a band, it would be a better performance. A lot of people would enjoy it. it would, mm-hmm. People would remember it, and that I can book. I can use that footage to book other gigs as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm paying extra money, and like a, maybe for like a year, I was paying into like gigging and paying my paying uh, paying the musicians that play for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, man, and like thinking about. Um, where you're talking about like the breakthrough position, mm. I've you know I, I like a lot. I like listening to a lot of like the old school stuff. Um, you know, just to give you like for example, I'm a big George Michael fan, hey. right? <laughs> and uh, one of his favorite tracks is my favorite track is Careless Whisper, <laughs> right? You know, real G's rock Careless Whisper. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> like I don't care if you can clap me or whatever. Like that that track goes hard. Like it just has like a this the this the way it is you it's like you imagine yourself walking in a room and you're wearing like you see that you know how they do it in the movies it's like <laughs> I kind of see myself when yeah. I say everything slow motion everything slow motion guy. yeah bro <laughs> anything about that I was reading like he he did not that track was not like a track that he intended to break out you know he just oh yeah like just put that track in there and over the years it just started picking up a lot of traction and then that track really defined who George Michael was. So I can see that I can I totally understand what you're talking about because you can put a catalog of music out and it could be one of the tracks that you thought you know, right now you think Seduce was the hottest track you've made, but then it could be something else you drop in about a month or two or over the years mm-hmm. that you're like, ah, you know, I like this track. But then it resonates with people, and you don't know why, but it just hits. People go back, and songs become big like that for a yeah. reason. It's even funny because like there's some songs, you know, I, I maybe in the span of my career, I put music out and it never catches. Mm-hmm. And then 50 years after I put something out, somebody goes and samples something that mm-hmm. I made, and mm-hmm. then it comes back, and that's how you have a lot of the songs that get sampled by other songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes like, good, good songs and good music like that. But um, the 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 main thing we're talking about was uh, what's it called? Um, putting uh, just the f- the funding for the music. There's, there's something else I wanted to touch on. I just lost my train of thought. Careless Whisper. Um, yes. Sorry. The um, uh, songs or um, songs that you didn't think would catch yes, that are yes, catching. Yes. 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 So uh, another song that's like that is Usher's Yeah. 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 So Usher. So um, apparently um, Sean Garrett. You know who Sean Garrett is? No. No. Who's that? Um, he's a writer, writer, artist, written, yeah. uh, written work with Chris Brown and like a bunch of other artists. But mm-hmm. um, Rico Love. Um, Sean Garrett wrote it, showed it to Usher. Usher said he wasn't going to sing it. And um, they cut the record, Jermaine Dupri, him, um, uh, I think Brian Michael Cox, they cut the record. And um, he's like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to, you know, this is stupid. I'm not, not going to cut this record, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm in the club with my homies trying to get like... <laughs> yeah. Um, he cuts the record, and obviously it's like the biggest, this, the album goes diamond. That's the head single from the album that went yeah. diamond. And like, you never know. You never know, You never man. know. Do you see you see that for yourself too? Eh? Like you're gonna keep producing, and you believe you're well, gonna hit a breakthrough one way or well, another. With, with that, is it's like working um, working with other artists is just being open because mm-hmm. no matter who you work with, there's always something of yourself that you can put into it, and that's why like I I define my music as R and B soul, and the soul is you know wherever I take my voice. So it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if I'm working with you know like I don't like to put myself in a box. I'm working with like a techno producer. Like I will work on I will touch that production to make it R and B slash whatever he's working on. Yeah. At the time to have that mashup and give, mm-hmm. give something that's my sound. 
So it's just like being open and susceptible, because, uh, susceptible to, to change and you know, and growth and working with other producers, man. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, if you if you uh, if you take a week and you listen to like another genre, mm-hmm. and then you come back to your own genre, you will uh, you'll pull some things from that other genre that'll uh, that'll positively affect you know mm-hmm. your writing for the stuff that you that you usually write. So yeah, man. And you're talking about building your band and putting like the best quality you know production you can whenever going to your first time performing on stage right when was the first time you did that uh where was it and how did it come about with my own music or yeah with your own music um or like you know like just to give context before we go to your own music your first time performing in like an actual actual show like you know, it was like yeah, that, that was that was that's that your own music, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not with my own, with, with not my own music. Was that assembly? Yeah, 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 yeah. But your own music, like as with Del my, Hartley. With my own music is Del Hartley. I damn my first show because you've probably done like a lot of. I've shows. done a lot of shows. Yeah. Um, damn, I didn't think I'd say like yeah, I've done a lot of shows. <laughs> <laughs> like you're going on right now. It's like I'm you've been like, at it. Like you, you. Um. The first time I performed, yes, okay, so I did this chair, this this relief concert. This mm. is before, like I, you know, Del Hartley was a thing. I did this uh, charity concert. There was some sort of tornado that happened in uh, this town of Godridge, actually, and like mm. a bunch of my friends, we put together uh, like a charity relief concert, and like we had a bunch of people out, and we we're donating the proceeds, and um, we ended up making some money, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the very first time like I performed like my own original stuff, and. I'll just say it didn't suck. It wasn't the the hottest thing since sliced bread, mm-hmm. but it didn't suck. And just from there, you always pick up things that you can grow from there. And it's mm-hmm. just like you have that positive. You just get that positive reinforcement. You're like, okay, damn, like this is good. All right, let me come back with something hotter and better, and let me let me just try to grow. Um, it's funny going back to not sucking. There's a I at this conference that I went to in like June. Um, I, I met one of the original owners, uh, one of the guys who like discovered Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of shooting this shit. He's like one of the he owns, he runs like one of the biggest agencies here. Mm-hmm. Um, cool dude. Forget his name though, but um, he was just like, yeah, I got some advice. For, you got some advice for you, like old white guy. And he's just like, whenever whenever it comes to performances, like the one the number one thing he can advise is mm-hmm. just don't suck. Just don't suck. That's it. And I'm like, that's it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's like, it. That's okay. But that's yo, it. listen. I know it's very vague, but like, <laughs> how you don't suck? He's like, okay, make sure the mic, the sound, the band is good. Like, it's all all of the above. That's pretty much what he's saying. No matter mm-hmm. what whatever the situation is, because when you're on stage, doesn't matter if like you're you're a five piece and like you have uh, there's like audio tech and the lighting tech. If anything f's up, people looking at you. Mm-hmm. Cause you're the main they're not, event. They're not gonna look at the lighting person. Look yeah. at you be like, oh, like what, what's, what's, what's happening? happening? Yeah. <laughs> because you're responsible. Like this is your event, and when you perform, showmanship goes a lot into it, right? It's just not singing and whatever. There's like you need to have a little razzle dazzle, <laughs> you know. You know when you're you know singing in there. And I've seen your videos. I see all the women going crazy for you. You know, like oh my god, like even like earlier on, you know when you had that look with the tie. Like, by the way, what was up with the tie? By the way, like the the suit and tie. It's, it's just clean cut, man. I I just like to you know the sophistication at its finest. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. try to try to keep it clean. That was like the Del Hartley brand. And yeah, man. It's it's definitely ele- uh, definitely elevated. I just like to keep it clean and you know, um, I guess the the right word is uh, integral. You know, mm. think of, when you think of me, think of integrity, man. Mm-hmm. I like to be a person of integrity. Mm-hmm. So you still like rock? You still? I I haven't seen any of your videos yet, but. 
Do you still rock a suit on stage, or I, I would say like, uh, yeah, I rock a lot of blazers on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But mainly suits suits at the corporate gigs. Mm. Suits at the corporate gigs. There's only so many suits, you know. Unless uh, you know some of my patrons uh, start sponsoring me a little bit yeah, more, yeah, you know, yeah. I can get some more suits for every single <laughs> show. But um, but for now, I just have to be comfortable, man. Because like um, another thing on uh, another thing that you don't really realize when you're on stage performing, mm-hmm. like you sweat a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And like you know, you 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 can only wash so many clothes so like so many times too. I'm not yeah. trying to ruin all my my nice nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably your dry cleaning bill must be like oh off the roof. I need man. to get sponsored by a dry cleaning company. Anybody can even get sponsored by uh, Mendocino, whatever that that soup place yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Holler at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So like when you're on stage, how's it like when you perform? You know, like um, because growing up, you see, there's a couple of things you look at. You want to be an athlete. You're asking, how's it like being in that arena? And, you know, the whole crowd is yelling your name. Or you see your fam- your, the famous artists. They're on stage. They're rocking a crowd. It's like they are, it's like a church. You know, how's that like? You know, how, explain that feeling. It's, to feel like a superstar and people are there for you to listen to you and vibe with your music. I, I wouldn't say superstar. It's like. It's it's a lot of energy mm-hmm. and it's great and like my at the end of the day I just want to make sure everybody's having a good time. The mm-hmm. songs that the songs that I'm singing like if it, if it resonates I want to if there are parts that resonate I want to make sure that people get those parts and people sing along and people can just have a good time and and just enjoy themselves because mm-hmm. you know it's why you know why go to a show and just kind of be flat and not a lot of energy. I just like to keep the energy up when it's when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, make people f- feel things when necessary, and just give people you know take people on a ride. Yeah. <laughs> Do you live for that feeling of being on stage and seeing people there for you to hear what you created and you performing for them? When you when you visualize things and every day you're walking, you think about your life. How how when you think of yourself performing, how does it feel? And then when you actually go there and you leave stage. Is that one of the greatest feelings ever as an artist? I would say so. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, man. Because that's that's what really rejuvenates me from when it, you know when all like the letdowns and things don't go your way. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you get to go on stage, you get to perform, and people are receptive. Mm-hmm. When people are there to listen to your music and they're receptive and they love it and it, it you know you impact them in a positive way, mm-hmm. it's 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 a whole other thing, man. That's it's the equivalent of you know giving back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, okay, and yeah, man, I've always wondered like how that is and. Because whenever, you know, you grow up, it's like you want to be an athlete or a performer mm-hmm. and you see these people and it just, it's like, I, I wish I could play in the NBA just for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be on stage just for whatever. I just always like live my life through the people I admire and like who are doing great. And um, you've been at that position just for, you know, for some time, but you haven't, you haven't hit the big stage yet where you're selling mm-hmm. at arenas yet. No, no, no. When that time comes, I, you know, I'll ask you again, how does it feel? But yeah, moving on to symphony right your ep you know talk about that a little bit you know how was it like was the vision behind it and uh how long did it take you to release that to the world it was a compilation of songs that i that i thought were were cool that i made Uh that um that just kind of came from you know like a personal place you know either just like relation um Uh either relationships or um just like you know certain like you know love stints or (laughs) I don't want to say like booty calls, but like just any 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 kind of uh, um, well, just like just like intimate stories, man. Intimate yeah. stories that kind of mean things to me. So, okay. yeah, I want to say there's anything too deep about it. There's nothing too deep. About nothing it. too too deep about it. No. So you know, you put it out. Did you make sure that the sound is? Uh, I don't know how to say this, but 
like they're coherent, like the tracks are coherent with each other. Like you know, you said you. I, I try to I try to be a little uh, you know um, conscious of it, but mm. at the end of the day, I just really wanted to make some stuff that it felt nice to me, mm-hmm. and then just kind of put it out. Because mm. I, you know, you, as an artist, you tend to overthink a lot of things. And you're just like, damn, like this needs to be like this, but this needs mm-hmm. to be like this. Just make a lot of stuff that you like and put it out. And if you like it, most likely somebody else will like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> okay. when you think too much about it and you're trying to please too many people, that's when it's just like, okay, well, now you don't like the song. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, some people like the drums because it feels a certain way. And yeah. And somebody else like a certain aspect. Of this. But make stuff that you like. And that's it, man. What was your favorite track out of like, I think it's five tracks, right? Yeah. Out of the five tracks on that project, I would say Sell It. Sell It. Sell It, yeah. yeah. I perform that song every show. Mm. Every show. One of my favorites to perform. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorites on the, on the track, man. And you have, if you're like looking your hard drive right now, how many unreleased tracks do you have that we don't know about? Oh, a lot. A, a lot, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I think there's only, um, I think only seven, seven or eight songs that are like out of, that are available now. And there's like a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of give, stuff that's like working. Yeah, no, no, give us a number, bro. <laughs> oh, a number? We want to see the artistry. Oh, like, you want to see, see the <laughs> artistry? Okay, I don't want you, not the, not the insane. I don't want to say a number, but I got, a, I got some stuff to just, I just no. want to say that 2020, I got some stuff dropping for you guys. I got some singles and, you know, just depending on how, how, how the, how the year goes and how, you know, receptive some people are to the music, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll probably see uh, like, you know, an LP in like next, next October, November. We'll see. Okay. And how do you define the the sound you go for? Uh, your your, you know, you say it's R and B soul, but to you, like this the artists, you know, speaking to other artists, they can say, "Man, I really go for like this deep, like raunchy hip hop." You know, they, it's like a hodgepodge of different things. Yeah. Right? How would you uh, describe the Del Hartley way of music? Just like smooth. You know, like a, a smooth, velvety, silky type mm-hmm. voice on a track. Just trying to, just trying to keep it smooth with yeah. like nice falsetto tones and um, having that strong bass. Like yeah, strong. Way, yeah, know? just bring, just bring like the uh, the the the, uh, the mid range voice back, man. Like the, the artists like Teddy Pendergrass mm. and like you know the Barry Whites and like the low register. Uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. low register artists, right? You know, like you'll never find, bro. That's one of my like. Yeah, that track man. Was hard. It's like you'll never find. Yeah, it's <laughs> But who loves you? <laughs> Say it. Say the way it. I do. Yo, that, I mean, I remember with my girl, you know, like, we fell in love with that song, man. I mean, it's like, you know, like, those songs in your relationship, it's like, yo, this track, and you hear it, you just think, it oh, takes you back to that, yeah. <laughs> takes you back, and you're like, damn, man, that was such a great time, and <laughs> it's amazing, bro. So, that's the way you see it. Um, coming up in 2020, how are you doing things differently than you have been before with your music? Um, really just trying to crack a lot of the algorithms that are gone, that are on like the social platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, trying to um, get into a lot more colleges and universities on the state side. Um, um, yeah, pretty much just a lot of streaming. And so pretty much, some, actually to sum up your question, streaming, colleges and universities, festivals. So this is like three point plan. Three point plan. Yeah. If you if you like going to festivals, I'm gonna try to be at every single R and B festival that you're at. If you go to college and universities, I'm gonna try to be at every single college and university that loves R and B. That's where I'm gonna be at. Mm-hmm. And for streaming, if you love to stream music, I'm gonna have some music for you to stream. And that's that's essentially that. So Do that. Try to get some. Put some money behind it. Make it make it go as far as it can. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you can have. 
you can have a great product, but if you don't have any money behind it, it's mm-hmm. not going to go as far as you need it to go. So yeah, and like this is like you have some things lined up for certain months, and you know, so yeah, man, you got you got to have a plan, man. You got to have a plan, and yeah. and uh, the thing with music, man, I feel as if it's like it's a moving target, man. It, it's it's not. It's not something that you can stand there and point at and then you come back tomorrow or mm-hmm. if you come back five seconds from now, it's the same. It's always like a moving target that you always got a, a plan and like adjust because things happen. And Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, sounds good, bro. Um, day-to-day life of a recording artist, right? What's an average day look like for Del Hartley? Average day. Vocal warm-ups. What's a vocal warm-up? Vocal warm-ups. I got this tape. And it pretty much warms up my voice. We do we uh, go through like a bunch of like, vocal exercises mm. to kind of wake up my voice. It's pretty much like you know when you go to the gym, you don't just throw on you know the two forty five plates yeah, and you start yeah, lifting. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. kind of have to work your way up to that. So vocal warm ups. Um, uh, I got this uh, lemon tea regimen that I make. Boil the water. Got mm-hmm. some lemons in it. Put some honey in it. Um, do that. Have some water. Um, uh, this is a cool little activity. It's called um, uh, objective diving for like a writing exercises. You pretty much pick an object and you pretty much describe that object, um, you know, using your senses because mm. that's the best way to really describe or um, to really touch a listener, really. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, you, if you describe something, with, describe something with your senses, they'll feel that mm-hmm. in, in your words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a key okay. that I'm yeah, kind of giving out. But yeah. shout out to Pat Patterson. I, I have his book, Writing about Better Lyrics. He's a, he's a Berkeley prof, a really, really good book. Yeah. All my songwriters that are looking to step up their game, they probably have this book and read it constantly. It's mm-hmm. a Bible. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just those things. And um, I got this thing where it, it is called... Um, um, do you know how like a visual artist would have a sketchbook? I, I do this thing that's called sketches. So every single every single day or every other day, um, some artists try to they have something similar to it where it's like a song for a month. But um, essentially, what I will do every single day, I'll make a composition. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make a composition from scratch. So like put keys down, put a bass down, put a guitar thing down, put like a um, uh, you know, like a, a vocal melody down. It could either be a chorus or not, and just have like one loop thing every day mm-hmm. and then towards like the end of the month you know if you depending on how long you keep it up for you can always go back to um, it, you can always go back through and see what are the best ideas and look to build onto that or mm-hmm. if you're going to other sessions to collaborate with other people then you have like a bunch of things to reference to and if you let's say something from day 15 let's say the only the base part works and it stems an idea at least you have that and you can recycle that one part to do whatever and if the more that you do this it keeps it keeps it keeps the seals fresh man mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. as, as an artist and especially as an independent artist you have to be doing everything <laughs> yeah you gotta be doing everything everything, everything man even and like it's just like there's not there's, no, there's not enough time in a day man it's like if you yeah you have to work on your singing you have to know how to program you have to know how to engineer you have to know how to edit your own videos you have to know how to do your promo you have to if you don't know how to do if you don't know how to do your promo you have to find people to then you have to do the pro, promo for you then you have mm-hmm. to know your you have to kind of wrap your head around how it works so you know how to communicate your ideas to that person mm, yeah <laughs> and then it's just like and then on top of that you know go to the show and perform and be good <laughs> so, yeah. so it's a lot of juggling but it's a lot of juggling and how do you manage relationships and friends and you know while you know honing in your craft because it takes a lot of hours of your day right it takes a lot of time and energy man but you, as long as you have the right people you know the right you know the right spouse mm-hmm. um the right partner um they'll understand it'll be easy it won't mm-hmm. be it won't you know, it won't be a weight <laughs> in your relationship. Be a weight, eh? Man, I really admire that, man. Like, I mean, warming up, like, like vocals. Like, I never thought you'd have to do that. That's like, you know, you have to do your layup lines oh, that's you know, a thing, before man. you dunk. That is a you, thing. Yeah. That is a thing. So Nobody, you do this every single day. It's like a routine. Not every single day. Maybe every other, every every major day that I got to sing, mm-hmm. I do that. I do that. If I know I got to, you know, if I'm going to help my, I'm going to help my lady out with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some groceries, I'm not 
If we're going to if we're going if we're going to a cottage or see some family, I'm, out, I'm gonna do vocal warms. <laughs> it's just like you're you're actually you're spending time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When like, I when I shut it down and you know there there are vocal rest days. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But yeah, any days that I have sessions or that I know that I got to be doing any kind of singing thing that needs mm-hmm. to be good and on point. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do that yes. for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit like from a personal level now, right? Yeah. Um, you feel like you've put out like a lot of like. Uh, great music and you've been at this for years now do you feel sometimes like when you put in your mind as an artist do you feel like sometimes you can get overlooked and like do you sometimes how do you stay focused on the process and make sure like your music is actually gonna make it one day and not let those cloudy thoughts get in your head you just gotta stay stay focused and know what your goals are because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day define what your goals are and what you want to accomplish Mm -hmm. my whole thing is it's like the past while I, i my main goals was um, step up your step up my my live show. Mm-hmm. You know, get my band get uh, get my band together so that mm-hmm. um, pretty much what I'm getting to is like the end of the day, the streaming. You don't really make a lot of money from streaming. Mm-hmm. You make the majority of your money on the sh- on the road, doing mm-hmm. shows and being in front of people, touching your audience. So it's like I need to develop my 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 show to make sure it's good because the stage presence that I have now it's completely developed. Mm-hmm. I de- I definitely didn't start out like this. Yeah, this is I would say I, majority of the time I took it being in front of people and really honing my performance skills and mm-hmm. just being comfortable and know, knowing to knowing what the right things to say and how to really tailor my my music and my set and if I want to test new music how to really mm-hmm. go about that because a lot of the new music that ha- that has uh, that hasn't been released mm-hmm. they've been tested and played at the shows so that's mm-hmm. wow. Which which is great, okay, and uh, you know these are gonna be questions which I'm gonna ask like just to like really, just you know go through it. Yeah. When you what do you visualize for yourself when you close your eyes and when you see yourself becoming as uh, Del Hartley, like what's like what's the vision that you hold in your head like of you, you know becoming an artist or, yeah. Ah uh, well, it's like ah uh, like I. I, I I am an artist, man, and like because I have, and I, and and don't give me the the humble, bro. No, like, just, <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. You know what I'm talking about, like I know, <laughs> like the the humble, you know. I, like, I, I just okay. I just for real, for real, like I just want to I just wanted to be honest because yeah. if it's honest, it'll resonate with people, and I just mm-hmm. want to touch people. Mm. That's it. I just want to touch people and affect them so they can do it can heal them because music is such a healing force and because there's so much you know there's so much shit in this world mm-hmm. I'd rather just be a light and just shine my light man. Yeah. That's it. Like I mean when I, I every everything everything else is all a byproduct of all that. Yeah. So that's that's it. Cuz the and, thing is when all that other stuff, you know, you know when 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 money and all that other material things come like it's it, at the end of the day, like I said, it's all tools. All those mm-hmm. things are all tools, and they come and they go. It's like when they come, you know, when they're there, are you gonna be the same person when they when they leave? Like, are you still gonna be the same person? Can you get it back? And mm-hmm. it's really, it's at staying at this level, <laughs> okay. staying at this level. And I, I take take pride in that. Yeah. Like a, a, a lot of a lot of individuals, they'll they be like, yeah, like boost this, boost this. I'm more like a chill, 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 chill. <laughs> You're like you, you remain even keel, even like when you get success, and even like when you stay low, it's like. You always just have that same. Just, yeah, just chill, man. Like you, this year, man. I like I, I opened for Snoop Dogg and Wu Tang, man. Like it's but, chill, chill. Okay. Chill, chill. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you: you appeared on the CTV, the launch. How did that come about? Um, I got asked. You got asked. They they reached out. They reached out. So it's like it's like television, right? Mm-hmm. So because of a background in television and film, like I saw this and I was just like, all right, cool. This a this this a cool opportunity mm-hmm. to be on television, to be on a you know on a national program, mm-hmm. and to you know to get a light 
shine, like mm-hmm. shown uh, on your skills to show what you have. So I thought it was a great opportunity, man. A great yeah. look. <laughs> and you just went for it and you took it. How is that like when you're on the show? Uh, it's your first ever, I think, on TV. Yeah, first time on television. On TV. Um, I would say it was it was smooth because because I have a f- uh, film and television background. Mm-hmm. I know I do a lot of work behind the scenes, mm-hmm. so it's like I know I, I, I can be very composed and I know exactly what's happening and I know how what the, what the protocols are. So it's like it felt really really natural to me. You weren't <laughs> nervous at all. Nah, <laughs> and like being around the judges, like, like the performance, and how did you feel when? That judge, the guy with the dreadlocks. Oh, now Rogers, the, yeah, the legend himself. Yeah, yeah, because I, I felt like the way you performed that track originally, I think it was great. But then he wanted you to make it into something else, which kind of to me, I'm just like, I don't know why you want to switch that up. Like, what? did you feel otherwise or? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but everybody at the end of the day, it's like, like I said, music is subjective. Yeah. So everybody, he obviously he he took it in that way, and it's mm. not Rogers. When you think of a lot of the songs that he he's he's made, like you know, uh, good times and you know, getting jiggy with it, and like a lot of those upbeat funky guitar stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a funk king. He's like one of the he's like one of the grandfathers of you know the game. Yeah. So like I I can understand that. So it's I can't take offense to it. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's a cool another perspective. And if it's something that you want to, if I want to do it in the future, that's that's totally fine. At the end of the day, you know, songs are songs and the the production that's behind them are the clothes that they wear. So mm-hmm. it's just really depending on what you want to, you know, what you're really trying to, I guess, give to your audience at the end of the day. So and and I I just saw the clips. How did it play out? Uh, what was the you got in there? How many contestants were there? What were they looking for? And how did they decide the winner? And uh, how did you feel about the results after? So there was, uh, I believe, five of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so five of us. Um, um, during the taping of it, they didn't let us meet anybody, mm-hmm. um, which I totally understood. Um, uh, one of the girls in the um, uh, one of the girls in the competition, I know, I, I knew her. <laughs> her name is Will. She's a dope artist. You should check her out. Um, but um, yeah, it was super cool. Like we all did our thing. We all performed in front of them. And then w- once you finished performing, um, once you did your, uh, once you finished your audition, sorry, um, they took us to this little lounge area. I think like the iHeart Room, and then we just kind of hung out there. And then, um, yeah, that's the, that's pretty much when we got to meet them. And then we found out exactly who was. They brought us all back in, and they said who was going in and who wasn't going in, and they just gave some feedback. And like the feedback that they told me that they didn't. Um, uh, that they didn't show on television. I'll tell you behind the scenes. Um, so also with the audition, I sang three songs, mm-hmm. three songs. Um, they only showed like the one, the one original song. So like I did like an upbeat song, a cover song, and like that my, my closure, the, the single that I had out at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, they were just like, yeah, I gave them everything that they wanted to, to see. And uh, they were just like, you know, like the songs, the songs are great. Like you should definitely get like a publishing deal. If like, if anything, keep writing these songs. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I thought to myself, I'm just like, all right, the guys that I'm working with that I wrote these songs with, if you know, now Roger, Scott Bruschetta, BB Rexa is uh, complimenting the song, the songs itself in the way that it's mm-hmm. being presented, and they they believe it, mm-hmm. then you know what? That's a sign that you should keep. We should. There's nothing broke with the system. Mm-hmm. Keep keep doing the same thing that we're doing, and just keep providing the stuff in which we're doing. So, so essentially, they did that, but. You know the results of the show. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, they have a song, and it's like the the song was done with for a chick, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Michelle Tracy who cut the record, sweet sweet girl, um, uh, and yeah, she does, she's very deserving of the record. Mm. It's totally fine, man. It's you like keep it it's, moving, right? It, well, it's just like what well, there's. How is it really a loss? I mean, you, I mean, it's not. You can't take an L from that. You no, it's TV. like you're on television. I I didn't get Simon Cowled. You know, <laughs> tell me like, why are you here? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's it. And just from there, it's opened a lot more doors. And um, 
it's weird because like where uh, people or you know different clients and different opportunities that have arose, mm-hmm. um, they're just like, oh yeah, like uh, you're doing music, and I'm like, oh, I've been kind of doing this, you know, from time, from time but now it's like, well, now you see me, but it's cool. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the launch was a blessing, and I. Should I do it again? <laughs> you do it again, eh? Yeah. Well, I do TV again. <laughs> Are you looking at getting in TV gigs or? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, I wouldn't say I would do TV again, but like I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't overlook it. But I, I, I'm uh, grateful for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good, bro. Um, next thing I wanted to ask you: Do you believe luck plays an element in becoming a major artist? Yes, luck does play a part, but there are things that you can do that can minimize the chances of luck. And that's what I've been focusing myself. That's what I've been focusing on. Mm-hmm. I've been focusing um, well, focusing on just, like I said, building the, the relationships so I have those different avenues. I know different producers. I know, um, you know uh, you're familiar with Ryan Leslie? Oh, man, yeah, I okay. love Ryan Leslie. Yeah, you know Ryan Leslie? Okay. I love so Ryan Leslie. Ryan, Ryan Leslie, he's, he's like, he's the, the G, he's the guru for this. Um, he, he's just like, you know, how many producers do you know? How many mixing engineers do you know? How many guitarists do you know? If you're trying to be something, like, you should know those, like, you should know those many people. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to be a singer, like, how many producers do you know that can produce your record? Like, do you, do you make beats? You don't make beats? How many beat makers do you know? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to do shows? Okay, well, how many venues do you know? How many mm-hmm. trying to do it with a band? How many et cetera's and go down the list and mm-hmm. then start building that and then, um, yeah, if you build that, you're not going to really, you're not going to need a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, Luck plays, it's like an element that makes... It helps, but the thing is, you can, there's so many things that you can do to minimize your chances of luck mm-hmm. that you might as well just do those things. And then it's, it's kind of like a, you know when, when opportunity meets preparation. <laughs> yeah. It's better to be prepared with an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not to be prepared. Have you, been, have you encountered opportunities where people from major uh, you know, establishments, like let's say... You know the Sony's or uh, what other labels do they have out there that? Uh, like Sony Universal, so, there's like BMI, which I think is like Sony. Mm-hmm. But um, there's uh, but yeah, this so like um, sort of the question. The yeah, have there been people who like ap- approaches like, hey, Dell, we really like what you're doing. If you ever want to, like, giving you like an opportunity, hey, like we are interested, just keep doing, but we're not ready right now to bring you on board and. I would say no. Um, like I've received emails. I don't know if they're spam because I don't really respond to a lot. A lot mm-hmm. of them, but like there's a lot of uh, small labels or small little establishments that are saying like, "Oh yeah, we've been fans for like this, and we want to do this kind of partnership." But sometimes I just feel like everybody says. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just so like, it's just like if they're trying to get a lead, and I, you know, I'm not trying to knock the hustle. I, I, I totally get it. They're trying to build a relationship. Yeah, and that's totally fine. I, I, I get that too. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's like. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, right? It is what it is, man. Everybody's out trying to trying to hustle, and I understand it. It's not, you know. Do you feel you're independent right now? Is being signed part of the plan? Um, if it makes sense, if it honestly, makes sense, like eh? if, if if I were if I was able to do the whole Russ approach and mm-hmm. you know just get like a you know build my my fan base to to it's like a, to it's to till it becomes a call following mm-hmm. and I can have that support I would prefer that cuz I'd rather have 100% of the pie mm-hmm. that I can split with my peoples than have 50% of the pie that I have to split with my peoples you yeah know? and then <laughs> 50% goes to like well no if this I, this 50% so there's an entire pie the label gets the half and then I have my half that I have to split with everybody else oh <laughs> yeah 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 I'm so thinking like then, 50% goes to like the label or like that yeah, 50% does go to the label, but then that's that's before your expenses. Oh, true, yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah. Man. And then once you've done your expenses, then you get taxed on it. 
and then <laughs> and then you after you paid everybody, this is what you get to keep home. Jeez, that's no, but you get taxed on the, what you get take home on top of that too. Oh, I know, oh, I know, bro. It's oh, like. I know. I'm, so I know, like, rather, <laughs> so I rather you, just be, you know, be an entrepreneur because the thing is, even with the internet, like there's, like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse to get your stuff out there. There's there's so much access. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, um, the the what what's the rule? It's a thousand true fans. If you have a thousand true fans, Mandela. get them to to what? Get them to 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 spend what a hundred dollars with you yearly, twenty five dollars quarterly. That's a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars with the internet. Hundred a thousand people. You can definitely do that. You can definitely do that. Yeah, it's was, not impossible. I was talking that with uh, Jay Glavani. Like you know, he came on the pod uh, earlier this last week, mm. and we're talking about the same thing. And we're talking about you don't need a million fans, man. It's like. If you do and you get there, cool, amazing, <laughs> right? But if you don't have a like a thousand is so reachable, and think about the thousand true fans rule, it's they'll always spend with you, they'll always buy your shows, go to your shows, buy your merch. And there's so many different other avenues other than like buying merch and uh, you know, going to shows or buying music. Like, there's so many like online things that you can do, like, um, you know, do like a live stream to see what the what the behind the scenes is in the studio. There's so many mm. different things that, um, you know, that that uh, that audiences want to connect to with their artists. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're, you know, you just got to be creative, be creative, and you find different sources to you know to capitalize off of. Okay, sounds good, man. We're about to we're close to wrapping it up. Um, a couple fun questions for you, right? When I started following you, your Instagram was not verified. Right, and then <laughs> earlier this year, uh, you know, I checked out. I think you posted a story, and then I went to you, and I saw that blue check mark, bro. And honestly, I was so amped for you. I was like, <laughs> "Let's go! This guy's getting closer. <laughs> he's tasting. He's tasting that ability. Like when you get that blue check mark, bro, it means like you are. You can slide in any. So what, what does it mean? I want to. I want to hear this. Okay. What, is, what does this mean? What bro, is, what bro, from, from my end, when you have a blue check mark. It's you get a pass, you get a foot in the door. Like right now, as the the regular people with no check mark, we are here. I mean, I, I'm on camera right now, but we're here. <laughs> well, if you're a blue check mark and you send a message to anybody who is influential, you have an easier okay, in. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you have an easier in. You can build a following faster. You get status. You get uh, people know who you are. People are interested. It shows you are important. So, my, you know, eventually, like, when Hustle Over Everything, I want to have a blue check because it, it makes um, having influence accelerate mm. at a greater speed than if you did not have a verified account, you know, which with accelerated influence means more money, more opportunities. I can bring on uh, more guests. I can talk to anybody I want to, and I can have a key to the game. Okay, I guess when you put it in that direction, yes, that's, that's kind of exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. That is kind of exactly. What it you is. got your verified account, bro, and it's great that I have you in here because I've always wanted to know how it works. Like, how did it happen for you? Um, I would say just like it's it all become. I think it's it's all because of press. It's all because of press. Because of press. So I think because of like the launch and like the national press, and I guess because of what I was uh, just doing online previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just Did, know I woke up one day and I was just like, "Oh shit, okay, I'm verified." And then, yeah, I think like this, the, I think that the show or the people from CV, CTV submitted to to get me verified. I think they do, did it for like a lot of artists, I or something along the lines of that. But mm-hmm. I just know after affiliation, after saying I was going to do this show, then mm-hmm. I ended up getting verified, and 
Yeah, and then just from there, like it's even opened more doors up for me to like have interviews at CBC and like building a relationship with them. So when I have new music, I can go and talk to them. Um, you know, getting onto like Blues Fest and like opening for like a lot of artists that you know that I used to listen to that I like that I idolize. And it's um, yeah, I guess it's de- it's definitely opened more doors. I guess if people. It, 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 uh, people take me more seriously, yeah. <laughs> but even from the beginning, like I always wanted to make sure that uh, that I, that I kind of give up that impression that I was serious and I was like a hundred percent, and you know I was a person of integrity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but now I guess with the blue check record does that. But I, man, like I'm really gonna squeeze this question out yeah. of you. So you wake up and then you just look at IG. Is there a notification that says you have been verified? Is there like an email? I don't remember. I think it was either it might it might have been one of those in-app like notifications. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm verified. And then everybody else is just like, oh, you're verified now. <laughs> and I'm yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> How like when you first realized that? Did it give you a feeling of I am now an art? You know, you're an artist, but I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can step away from podcast interviewer mode right now mm. right if like did you feel like yo i am actually so close to like making it now like i can actually i am an artist i am recognized in the world as like a songwriter artist you know like well, so i guess the 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 short answer yes short answer yes so it's more like you know people take me seriously now mm-hmm. that's what that's what it is mm-hmm. i guess that's really what i looked at because i was just like for me like i when I when it happened, I was like, "All right, cool. I'm making strides. I'm making I'm making strides in the right direction, and people are seeing, and you know, people will actually have an ear, and like, I yeah, can actually yeah, have yeah. a chance now." So that's what it initially felt like. When I another thing that was actually kind of bigger than that was actually kind of bigger than um, I guess getting verified. Mm-hmm. So like I I think the year prior to me doing the show, not even a year, I think like a, a couple months prior to me doing the show, like I, this is a conference that I usually go to every year. It's a We Love uh, we love Music Conference. Mm-hmm. So like Rico Love runs that with Brian Michael Cox, as well as Danger. If you don't know who Rico Love is, um, artist, producer, produced for Usher, produced mm-hmm. for Destiny's Child, Beyonce, Trey yeah. Songs, yeah, yeah, you yeah. name it. He's like the, he's like the GOAT. Um, um, and just kind of chopping it up with him and just getting insight from him and as well as Danger who like worked with Timberland who like worked on like J- uh, JT's like um, uh, wow, what's it called Future Six Love Sounds mm-hmm. and like the 2020 album as well but um, just like just getting feedback from them and then getting the follow and then like getting the follow from Rico Love and he was just like yo bro like just keep writing songs like even when you like even when people don't believe like just keep writing shit keep putting and I was just like I guess every single time like I feel like I am. Uh, I feel like I'm not making. It. I go to see if Rico Love is following me, and I'm just like, all right, go. <laughs> like, because like Usher was one of my favorite. Like Usher was like definitely one of my favorite artists. Like yeah. kind of growing up. Yeah. And like he worked like, well, he's like, like boys, and like he wrote like he wrote Throwback on the Confessions album. Rico Love. So mm. I was just like, to get that from somebody who works like super close to to to, to with Usher, mm. <laughs> it's like the six degrees of separation. It's like I'm one person away from <laughs> from like yeah yeah. Man. It's just like it's just cool. Just that entire community of the people that the people out there at the We Love Music Conference, man. Mm. So it's just like a every year they um, they drop a lot of gems and a lot of jewels and like from there like I've met Ludacris, oh. like I've met um, uh, Big Crit, I've met uh, who else? Like well Brian Michael Cox. Like if if you're not in the producing world, like. He's like the goat. He's the god. Yeah, he's the goat, man. Like he's got like what, like nine Grammys. Yeah. Like he's like living legend. It's like living. podcast type. Like in podcast terms, it's like Joe Rogan. Yeah. Of like the, of. I would say I would say that. that. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay, that gives me a little bit better context <laughs> to understand like how major this guy is. Man. Yeah, like the, all like the 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 music is of the two thousands. Like mm-hmm. he like. 
him and Jermaine Dupree just killed the entire game. Okay. Yeah. So to wrap up that question, so like now, like that feeling has probably like worn off. Like, oh yeah, I'm, it's a, I have a I, verified IG. It's just like a whatever thing for you now. Well, it's just, it's just a tool. I'm just like at the end of the day, I'm making I'm making strides, and every obviously every day is not going to be like a an emotionally up day, but it's just like. You know, just count the blessings. Every single day there, you can always find a win. Mm-hmm. You can always find a win out of the day. So just keep counting your wins and just keep trucking forward, man. Okay. That's all you can do, man. Because at the end of the day, sometimes the, your days may feel boring and redundant, but that's the routine that you're keeping. And as long as your you're craft and your art is in that routine, that means you're going to build that consistency. And that's what takes, you know, that moment. What I want to ask you next is, has any artist promised or reached out and said, hey, man, it would be great to collab together? Like, you know, like, um, put this in contest. You know, the Drakes or (laughs) the JTs, those people in that higher echelon of being established, has anyone reached out to you? They don't know who I am. (laughs) They don't know who you are yet. They don't know who I am. But even with that, like, I, I feel I do have a lot of artists reach out for like features and, and like and stuff like that and I sometimes I feel as if like not everybody works well together and it's mm-hmm. like sometimes like the sounds don't work mm-hmm. and that's that's a thing and sometimes you just have to find like the, the, the two or three producers or the people that work well with you that make sense for your sound and mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of what you have to keep doing so like I may not do collabs for a while I may only be I may be super selective with my collabs only mm-hmm. do certain collabs if they make sense but I may just take a take a step back from trying to do collabs and just really just focus on my stuff and putting a lot more content out and being more strategic in, in that in that regard. Okay. The thing is, there's only so much time in the day, and then if you, when you take on other commitments, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of work, man. It is. <laughs> you, you shed a lot of insight today into showing how it is and being independent and working hard to make it. Like, you know. I, hats off to you, bro. Just keep going hard. Bro. Hey, man. Thanks, man. And it's 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 just, it's part of the part of the grind, man. It's just every every single day you just got to find your thing. And it's just part of the motion. It's part of the mm-hmm. process. Find the process that works for you. Um, every obviously it's different for every single individual. And mm-hmm. just yeah, just keep at it, bro. That's it. Last question here for the pod as we're about to wrap it up. So, Del Hartley, what does hustle over everything mean to you? everything man that's that's like air man you gotta if you don't hustle like if you don't work you don't eat you don't grind you don't shine man Mm -hmm. and i'll leave you with that quote right there (laughs) (laughs) very short and sweet man very short and sweet well hustle over everything nation we just had a man like del hartley in here i really put a lot of insight to what he does and what keeps him motivated and going and you know this is the part of the show where i give you my ending remarks It's about to be the weekend. You're about to let loose a little bit, but just stay focused, stay on your mission, stay on your grind, and just keep producing. You know, it's all about that no excuse, just produce life. That's what Hustle Over Everything is all about. Um, See your friends, see your family, but don't lose sight of everything. Don't let the line go slack. Always keep an eye on the ball and have that tunnel vision. And whatever it is, if you're someone like Dell, you know, who started, I've been following Dell from six years ago, to where he is now and I can see the progress he's making. If you're starting out right now, he is a living testament of what could happen if you just stick to the process and go at it every single day. And that's what I want to leave you with is don't discount the small steps of getting started. It doesn't matter how you start. It's all about the journey because the journey is everything. 
and hustle over everything nation stay blessed stay healthy drink water stay hydrated and just live life this is Owen Osinde Mr. Hustle Over Everything signing out and I'll talk to you guys next week peace out